This morning, somebody said morning. Let me start there then. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Especially those of the ecclesia, a good morning. You know, there are two categories of people in here this morning. Now, whether you know it or not, let, let me pause here. I wish to thank Brother Mike for that special rendition this morning. That's one of my favorite writers' songs. Thank you, Brother Mike. I'm so glad you are in my family. You know, so I can brag on the gifts that God has given you. It's all in the family. All right. Thank you, Brother Mike. There are two categories of people here this morning. There are those who are, well, let me say it another way. The two families that are here, there are some people might, no, not might, they're just pure masks. That's statistic. There is at least one person in here this morning whose daddy is Satan. Mm-hmm. I ain't ashamed to say it. There is at least one person here whose father is the devil because you have not yet placed faith in Jesus Christ. And just in case you didn't know who your power is, if you have not placed faith in Jesus Christ, the devil is your father. Let me say it another way. You are the child, the son or the daughter of the devil. And I'm just going to say devil. I, when I came to town, they said, it's not devil. There's no being devil. Okay. So Satan, say for take the V out. Satan is your father. And yet I stand here this morning like poor. Second, First Corinthians 2, 4, I think. Before the audience with some sense of weakness, fear, and trembling. Not because of your superior spiritual maturity, of course, or because of your facial expression, or because of your intimidating body posture, but because you are here but more than that, I believe that God is here. And here I am standing here before his people to present to you, to share with you the awesome, precious, marvelous gospel of Jesus Christ. That's enough to scare you near to death. And so I take that responsibility and opportunity very, very seriously. I'm going to pause and ask you, because of that, to just pause with me for a prayer. Oh, Father, I thank you for today. Lord, you know my frame, my mindset. You have made me. Lord, I want to be obedient to you. You know what has been coursing through with my mind in recent days. Lord, I submit my total self to you. And I will not be effective, Lord, if this is only of myself. I recognize that. And I simply say, Lord, 
to resort me to the foreground so that you might be seen in the foreground, that only you might be heard, and only what and how you have impacted me might be given or passed across to your people here today. These, Father, I ask in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. During the past days, possibly a week, a little bit, I have been thinking, but let me ask, if you people, if I knew you had voice, I would have asked you some questions. But I know if I ask you a question, you won't answer. I've been sitting in here long enough to know that you will look at me, you will smile. But if I ask you a question, you won't say a thing. You will try to embarrass me up here, but I'm biting, I'm going for that. So here's what I'm going to say. Do you know the phrase that this is the day that the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it? How many of you have ever said that? Do you really believe that this day is the day that the Lord has made? Do you really believe that? Do you believe that part? Will you rejoice? Could you rejoice? Could you be glad? You say only if God says so. But he did. Rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I say to you, my brothers and sisters, good morning. Now, some of you are my brothers simply because, or my sisters simply because you are here. You were born. You are my brothers and sisters by creation. Then there is another group in here, the what I referred to earlier is the ecclesia, those who have been called out. You have placed faith in Jesus Christ. You are my brothers and sisters because you have been redeemed. Isn't that good? I like the song of redeemed. You have been redeemed. But do you really know that? And so my studies this past week, I've been focusing on that. And the family that I do you know that I is your brother? You are my brothers and my sisters. And I'm thought about that. Have we really appreciated family and what that means? Spiritual family. Well, if that's such a leap for you, let's think about your biological family. I've been told that in some families, biological family, that there is sometimes conflict. Not conflicts. Conflict. Right? In families, some brothers and sisters don't get along. Is that true? Yeah, that is true. But that's disgusting. But it happens. Now, what are the reasons for that? Well, many reasons. Do you know that there are some brothers and sisters who are jealous of one another? Yeah. It causes a multitude of problems. Because somebody is jealous. That's why I'm not jealous of Mike Simonet, my brother. <laughs> you know, I, as long as he's saying, I just want to be in the vicinity, you know, and I'll feel just as good because he is my brother. You know, Brother Paul, who was playing up here, and I won't talk with Brother Bradshaw. That man is wild on the drums, you know. <laughs> but he is my brother, and so I'm so glad. So I nothing get jealous about, you know. But we get jealous about different things. Do you remember the first family? Yeah, cousin Adam, I mean, Papa, Adam and Eve, and then the, the two boys, you know, what was the name of the first one? They talked, record that, Cain, right? And there was a problem in the family, and, you know, one of them 
the murder rate started going up from then, right? Yes. Killed his brother. In the, 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 the disgusting. But let me ask you this other question. Did Adam have any daughters? Because I, I know Rao going on there in the evening. You know, no, no girls? Did he have girls? What, what, what was Adam's oldest daughter's name? That's right. Very good. <laughs> you could look at it in Genesis chapter 5, verse 4. I have a great appreciation. Joan Pinder, uh, I promised to get you one day, one of these days. Joan, I'd like to thank you, my sister. By the way, if you look at Joan's complexion and me, we are slightly different. I spent more time in the sun than she did, you know. But Joan, I'd like to thank you for what you've done. She, you know that she is the uh, president of the Rotary, you know. That, but that's my sister, so I'm so proud of Joan Pinder. You know, I have an expansive family. Thank you very much, Joan, for all that you do for your brother over here. Appreciate you. Thank you. We have, when this family, if you see yourself or consider yourself to be family, when we come together like this, really, if this was your biological family and they come over to the house, would you all sit like this? Ridiculous. <laughs> you know, no. What would you do? You call it fellowship. By the way, did you notice earlier when they had this little time of greeting, when you went over and you greeted some of the, the family? Did, you, did anybody ever say, wait, let me say it this way. Did you meet anybody, let's just raise your hand, did you meet anybody who you have not met before? Uh, we have two, I see that hand, yes. Two, three, yeah. Now let me ask you this, when you greeted the person who you haven't met before, did you say anything? Did you, did you tell them your name? Did you say, I am whatever? Did you tell them whether you are employed? You, you didn't tell them that. Did, did, you, did you tell them how tall you were? In my case, that's obvious. Did you tell them how much you weigh? You didn't tell them? That you, why are you keeping that a secret? Do you know... You remember one time I told you about a child who didn't know um, what his daddy's real name was? I, I, that, that happens because people call you nicknames. Some of you have nicknames that makes you smile. And some of you have names that are on your birth certificate that makes you cry. Yeah, you know. <laughs> the boy, I asked him because I needed to contact his parent and he didn't know. I said, what's your... Now, in the register, the person who registered the child is the person who we are obligated in the case of an emergency or need to contact the family. This is the name I'm going to call. And so only the mother's name was there. But something had happened, and the boy is now living with his father. So I asked the child, he was a grade three child, that means this child is eight plus years old, what is the name of your father? And he said, I quote, Dog. <laughs> End of quote. I did ask him to please repeat because uh, I, I didn't want to take a chance of misinterpreting this child. But the dad's name was Dog. D-O-G. I spelled it just to make sure. Did you say? Yes, sir. I said, uh, Dog. Uh, does he have another name? No, sir. I concluded that this child grew up in that environment where the neighborhood 
people from the hood called his dad, hey, my dog. Now, see, when I was short of them things, it's caused my eye to turn red and caused people to fight. But nowadays, it's supposed to be a compliment or something to big up yourself. So, in the family, it's important to know who you're related to. At least, like I said, when we come to this setting, do you really know your brothers and sisters in Christ? But beyond that, well, I asked this question. I, I, when, like, when you greet it, some people smile. By the way, do you know what... No. Let me go back to this first. Do you really appreciate members in your family? Should you appreciate members in your family? I say, yes. Only tell the truth now. Really, if you, should you appreciate members of your family? Yes. Should you appreciate members of your spiritual family? Yes, I think, thank you, Brother Anton. Again, I have brothers all over the place. You, when he started off with leading in our worship this morning, he talked about the importance of forgiveness. Should you not forgive your brother and your sister? Yes, and it says it this way. If you, if you do not give, forgive your brothers and sisters, let me suggest to you then that, let me ask the question for you. Have you ever committed a sin? Yes. Now, those of you who say, oh, no, then, I heard recently, then, then if you haven't committed a sin, by, let me call it, I say accident or not knowing, then all the sin that you have committed, it was premeditated. That's worse. What's up? You, you, you have to forgive. It is such a relieving experience. To forgive your brothers and sisters rather than to carry that around with you all day. Maybe next Lord's Day we will have some barrels at the front, 55 gallon drums, to drop all of your unforgiveness in so that you can come in here light. And so when you really greet and fellowship, it will be genuine. But the trick is this only God knows your heart. Because I would know. Because some of you all's smile is so infectious and beautiful. I'm slain as soon as I see it. But I don't know if it's real. And so I have to take it on face value. Do you know, how do you tell when somebody is smiling? Do you know there is a description, a definition for smile? How do, you know, do you think some people say, I'm smiling inside, but outside I'm not? Sounds what? Yeah. But if you check the mirror next time, if the corner of your mouth usually goes up, it's a smile. And I know it's not your fault. It could be your parentage, your heritage, because some of you might have a permanent down at the mouth posture. You are forgiven. <laughs> See, it didn't take much. I forgive you for not smiling or knowing how to smile. When the family comes together, I think we need to be, this is the day you told me, that this is the day the Lord has made. The family gathers today to worship our Father and to fellowship one with another. And so I have a greater appreciation now for my brothers and sisters. And what does that mean? That I have a grasp, a sensitive awareness of the nature, the value, the worth, the quality, the significance, a heightened sense of perception or understanding and gratitude for you, 
my brothers and my sisters. Let me suggest this to you. Let me pause here to say this just as an extension of, of that. I wish to pause and congratulate the Bahamas 4 by 100 men's. 4 by 4 by 4. Yeah. There was Matthew, Miller, Pinder, and Brown. Now, some of you never met them in your life. And some of you are still a little bit hoarse right now because you've been screaming just because they were representing the Bahamas. Um, I went out yesterday and I met a Another gentleman, and he saw because we knew each other, and he says, "Congratulations, you you did well in that relay." I said, "Yeah, boy, I run hard." Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I personally have never met any of these young men myself, but there was something almost instinctive because they represented the Bahamas, and didn't they do good? They were fantastic. You know, and so people, and notice what was important. They're running, so they, we all Bahamian then. You know, we Bahamian, we flag, you know, because something good was happening. Then I think earlier in the week, I think, especially in the Bahamas when we have this August Monday, um, there's a celebration. There's a celebration of emancipation. Fox Hill. You know, some people got up early to celebrate emancipation. Emancipation from what? What were they celebrating? Emancipation from slavery. And they woke up early in the morning to go do the junk canoe rush out. And they even had a little church service to commemorate the significant event. That's fantastic. You know, because they remember, mind you, none of those persons who were there celebrating actually experienced the slavery that they were celebrating. Really? But then nonetheless, it's a form of a reminder of what was. Do you know that you and I who have been redeemed, we have been purchased out of the slavery of sin? We have been emancipated? Do you celebrate that? We are so busy we take it for granted. We do not have not really focus on what it took on God's part so that we can be emancipated. Some people are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. I noticed in the bulletin. I'd like to extend my sympathies to Pamela. Yeah, thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> he has a birthday, and then right after that, an anniversary. We would be praying for you. You know, I should have mentioned you earlier. That's my brother and sisters. Uh, again, let me tell you this. Do you remember the story of? Remember when Jesus was tempted? By who? Satan. What was Jesus' opening response to Satan? Three words. What? What you've been reading? I mean, what did you say? <laughs> Didn't he say, it is written? Thank you. The devil came the first time, and he offered him what? He said, the question, he phrased the question, if you are the Son of God, if you, by the way, in case some of you think I am, I look a little fatter up here than normal. And if it doesn't look that way, you ain't wearing your right glasses. But let me tell you, yesterday, the reason why I may look 
farther than normal. Those of you who are normal. Um, yesterday, by the way, do not tell um, B's youngest daughter what I'm going to say to you, okay? Yesterday I was outside and a wasp stung me in my head. <laughs> so I gained weight up there. As a matter of fact, when I looked at it, my wife said something to me. Now I know what I know what the effects of Botox is. <laughs> I took out all the wrinkles. So that's, we don't have to go to, you just have to have the wars. And it was one of them yellow ones. We call them yellow girl. Mm, kiss me right on the forehead. You know. Don't tell these youngest daughter because she said you should stay inside. What do you think, stay inside? Jesus said to Satan, when he says, if you are the son of God, See these bread? I mean, these stones, turn them into bread. If you are. What kind of question is this? this is what he, do you know who you're talking to? But if you are the Son of God. Is, is he trying to tell Jesus that you don't know who you is? You don't know who I am. <laughs> you don't know who I is. Yeah, but if you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Jesus said to him in response, what? It is written. If I could find in the Bible, by the way, the second uh, um, temptation that Satan presented to Jesus, he started it the same way. He said it again the same way. If you are the son of God, if I ask you, if you are God's child, please stand. Not a soul, well, some of you would stand. But I won't ask because some people, it's amazing some people get embarrassed with that. But I won't do that because the person who is not standing might say, why are you showing me up? I won't do that because I'm nice. Okay, but, but if Satan says, if you are the son of God, you remember he took him to the pinnacle of a temple, you know, and then asked him to do what? Commit suicide. This, this guy, he says, jump. If you are the son of God, jump. But what, what, that don't make any sense. Because it is, then Satan is so smart, he started quoting scripture. Because he said, it is written. It is, he says, because Jesus said it is written, so now he says it is written that this glory should give his angels charge over these evil knowledge of the He went on quoting scripture. And Jesus told him, it is written, and he quoted to him what it is. Then the third time, he took him again someplace higher. I said, a highest mountain, where they could see good. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he says this, I'll give all of this to you if you bow down and worship me. All of that? Isn't that sneaky? Let me ask you this question, because Satan is a cunning person. Who owns everything? Do you believe that Satan will sell you the coconut of your own yard? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you'll come pick your coconut and beat you at the front and say, would you like to buy a coconut? <laughs> and if you don't know yourself, it's amazing. But, but that's him. Isn't he called the deceiver? He will deceive you. He is called the devourer as well. And he is also the divider. He will cause confusion in the family. As a matter of fact, he hasn't changed his, his tactics, his modus operandi from way back then, causing problems in the family. My brothers and my sisters, let's not become victims of Satan's ploy. 
Let us genuinely love one another. Love one another. Somebody says, let me say it this way, let's love one another and shame the devil. But we have to genuinely do so and stop looking for excuses as to why we should not, cannot, will not love one another. Let me say this to you. It is indeed written that you are God's child. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 through 29. But for the sake of time, I will be brief. Brother David, my brother, Aubrey, I will be brief. That's for your ears only. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. I'm skipped to 29. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. If you do not know, if you place faith in Jesus Christ this morning or sometime prior to that, you are God's child. You have to know that. Why? Because it is written. And if you really believe that, then you should walk out of here head high. But there is a possibility that there is at least one person here this morning who have never placed faith in Jesus Christ. Your daddy is still Satan. You have not placed faith in Jesus Christ. Your daddy is still the deceiver, the devourer, the one who deceives, causes division. We would like to invite you to change status, to come over. The invitation is from our father, and we represent him as his children. Let me ask you this question. If a person dive into a pool of mud, when they come out, it will look as if they were dressed in mud. Right? That's my visual picture of that. Here's what it says in Galatians. Same chapter, between verses. That there should be, and I'm summarizing it, that there should be, there should be no distinction between brothers and sisters. Not gender, not male or female. There should be no Jew or Greek. There should be no male, female. There's no slave or free. It's like when you were watching the 4x4 four four men's relay. Do you know some of the people who were cheering for those 4x4 four four men athletes? Do you know some of them were FNMs? Do you know some of them were cheering or PLP? In other words, it did not matter what your politics were. When it comes down to on that stage, the only thing count was that there is Bahamian. That's what count. It does not matter spiritually here when we hear what's your politics. You know, the fact that does matter is that you and I have the same daddy. That is God, our Heavenly Father. That is what makes us one. There's a sense of unity. Not politics that can change our status with respect to who God is and our faith 
in him. That is what counts. Please do not let us be distracted or to be deceived by persons who might propose or suggest to us something different. Let me just read something. It is written according to Philippians chapter 2, verse 14 through 15. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may prove yourself to be blameless and innocent. Children of God, above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world. Wow. First Thessalonians 5, 4 and 5. It is written, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you like a thief, for you are all sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night nor of darkness. Do you recognize who you are? Do you know how much God really loves you? Do you understand this concept of being really emancipated? I'm told from literature, we had some slaves here in the Bahamas, right? What's the name of that place that burned down called Venue House? Yeah? Um, where it used to go, you can purchase your slave? Let me ask you, if a slave owns something, well, I don't know, if a, can a slave own something? Let me give you the answer. This is open book death. Say no. Yeah. Now, because if you're the slave, the master owns you. You technically are just as if you are a thing, chattel, a possession. That's how sin treats its slave. When you are paid for, and Christ paid, or God paid, in the sense of the price he paid was Christ's death for your and for my behalf. That's an expensive price to pay. Now you are free from that master of sin, slavery to sin, to now being slaves of Jesus Christ. Now some of you don't like that thought. Slave? I nobody slave. Even God. Well, how you could fix your mouth to say that? When was the last time you paid rent for breathing? That's because of God. You have been emancipated, set free as his children. But there are some, there might be at least one who is here today. You are still under the old bondage of sin. And we will like for today, for this could be your liberation day, your emancipation day. And we will extend and we do extend to you an invitation to place faith in Jesus Christ. So that you might experience a new master, a new father. That is God himself. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience. You could only really grasp, I think, the, the full benefit of your current status when you think of who you were. There was nothing good about this. When they bought slaves on the market, they tell them, stand up, they look them over to see what, how strong they look. If you look weak and feeble and sickly, 
Nah, they don't buy it. You know. But if you look strong, they said, there's some value here. I could, I could use this one. Do you also know that depending on your master, your master's status in society, that you as a slave had prominence based on who your master was? Think about it. Yeah? When you become slaves of Jesus Christ, is there any other master higher? more prominent, more omnipotent than he is? No way. So be proud of your heritage, those of us who are children of God. And again, the invitation to those of you who are not children of God, I extend to you a sincere, genuine welcome and invitation to come into God's family. We, Bible says that all short people have sinned. I mean, all have fallen short and have sinned. All have sinned. Nothing good. And then God brought grace. The full impact. We were totally depraved. There was nothing God, when he looked at us, that he saw that was good in us. Not because of your attractive smile or your attractive physique. Not because of your intellect. Nothing, none of that appealed to God. It was simply when God looked as if we looked bad, we smelled bad, we sound bad. There was nothing good. And yet, God paid the most extravagant price for us. The death of his son. So when I think of my relationship with God, being his child, I am enthused. Not because of what I have done, but I have been the object or the recipient of God's grace. And then when I look across the pews and I see other recipients of God's grace, and God has then brought us together here, this is my family. I am so proud of each of you. And just as a reminder that we are to love one another simply because of who our Father is. It brings him joy, we are told, when we do so. How will people know who your power is, who your father is? Love one another. It's a powerful attraction. Who are these people at Calvary love one another so much? And it is so genuine. It's not a facade. It's real. Then you pull them aside and you tell them it's because of the love of God, our Father. That's real. We will make an immediate impact on the environment, the world around us. So I encourage you, my brothers and sisters today, that you remember who you are. Those of you, again, who may be here and are not yet placed faith in Jesus Christ, please, you have no guarantee that you will be able to come and join with us, Lord willing, next Lord's Day, or you will be with us tomorrow. Or today. Today. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Please pause with me as we close. Our Father, you are amazingly wonderful. You have showered your love upon us in extravagant ways. And when we pause and when we stop to think that before we had any consciousness of you, we were not searching after you. 
Yet you went ahead. We were told that before the foundations of the world, you called, you selected us. This is so difficult to comprehend. And yet, Lord, we accepted by faith because it is written in the text you've given to us. We thank you. Lord, we pray even now for those who might be here today who are not yet children of yours. They are still in the valley of indecision. We pray that the power and by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you will so convict them of where they are, convict them of their sin, that they might today, they would this moment, place faith in Jesus Christ and be truly emancipated. In Jesus' name, amen.